Kathy Wynn was on top of the world. As she got out of her car and approached the Teacher of the Year Awards Banquet, she started to feel those butterflies in her guts again tickling her. And she thought, not for the first time, that this may well prove to be the best night of her life. That a little girl from the farm and made it here had gotten to live out her dream and now was being celebrated for it? This was almost too much for Kathy to handle. Being named Teacher of the Year didn't come with a big prize or a pay raise, but it was deeply important to Kathy. It meant that her work, which was so very defining to who she was as a person, was now being recognized by all of her peers. A month ago, she'd been named Teacher of the Year for her elementary school. With this being only her third year as a teacher, she was humbled to receive that honor. But tonight was possibly an even greater accolade. All 12 Teachers of the Year from every school in the district were here at this banquet to see who would take home the big one. Kathy Wynn was not going to go home disappointed, even if she didn't win the District Teacher of the Year award. To her, it was a genuine privilege to even be nominated. No matter what happened, she just knew tonight was going to be special. And she was right. Because at that very moment, in the darkness of her home, Angels with bloody faces waited for her to return. Win or lose, on this night, death was inevitable. No matter where you go or who you become, the ghosts of the past stay with you. This is the story of what happened the night Kathy Wynn was named Teacher of the Year. The same night that in her old life had been called the Harvest of Soft Necks. Drinking whiskey in the kitchen and telling scary stories around the fire. Music, monsters, and mayhem, killers, cannibals, and cults, fearful fiction and furious fact, tall tales, and terrible truths. This is a scary home companion. Kathy Wynn's first distinct memory of growing up on the farm was of a deep beaking. Her parents had been chicken farmers for years, ever since coming to this country. And by the time they had Kathy, the youngest of six... Their chicken farm was substantial. When Kathy was in diapers, they were raising upwards of 20,000 chickens at any given time. And with all that, the winds still hired very little outside help. They were old school. They liked to do everything themselves, no matter how much work it took for them or their kids. I don't know if you know this or not, but when there are so many chickens packed in together so tightly, cannibalism is very common. 
So once the birds were out of what is called the brooder period, they would have to be de-beaked. Kathy remembered riding on her mother's back, wrapped in a snuggly, and looking on over her mother's shoulder as she worked. They used hot blade de-beaking on the wind farm. This was a large pair of clippers that had electrically heated blades, and they would snip off the ends of the beaks of the chickens, and the heated blade would cauterize the wound as they did. Little Kathy watched on as her mother spent the entire night cutting the beak tips off of thousands of squawking birds. And this is where her story started. This was the first memory Kathy's mind latched onto, the sound of chickens screaming and boots crunching on severed beaks. But now look at her. Now look where she was. Look how far she had come. This was the banquet for the Teachers of the Year Awards. It was being held in a downtown pavilion this year. There was catered food, full salad bar, more than a hundred teachers and administrators from all across the district. The entire school board was there, and the mayor had even come. The food was just fine. The conversation, better. There was no sense of competition here this night. They all gathered, knowing it was a night to celebrate their profession and, moreover, get some free food and drinks. The chair of the school board took the podium and started to discuss each of the nominees. Kathy noted, with no small amount of blushing pride, that her name drew more applause than any of the others. Someone in the back of the room even shouted out, So much win! So, the So Much Win was sort of a nickname that her students had started calling her right after she started her first school supply charity drive. Kathy Wynn, her last name is spelled N-G-U-Y-E-N. I understand the reference doesn't really work that well out loud. It's more of a written bit of wordplay. As the speaker moved on to other topics, other nominees, Kathy's mind started to drift. She was, after all, keenly aware of what night this was. Well, what it used to be. After her introduction to it, she was never likely to forget the harvest of soft necks. As the youngest, Kathy had grown up watching all of her brothers and sisters do it. And although she was last, finally it came her turn to run the slaughter and harvest the necks. That's... That's what her dad called it. At this point, the old man was getting on in years. And it seemed very important to him that Kathy wield the hatchet. Where he was very old school and traditional in a lot of ways, when it came to his children and work, there were no girl jobs and no boy jobs. Work was work. And everybody had to learn how to do everything, from cleaning to cooking to darning to harvesting to slaughtering to dressing. So Kathy didn't want to slaughter the birds that day, but she knew that there was no way around it. Her parents were firm. And they firmly stared at her from the other side of a wooden plank table alongside her brothers and sisters. As Kathy picked up the hatchet 
and went over to the stump. She'd seen it done for so many years she didn't need any instruction. Next to her was a bin for the heads and another for the feet. A sawed-down tree stump was the cutting board, and it was smooth along the edges from years of use. Chickens scurried all around her. There were thousands of chickens on the farm, of course, but only a few dozen were out in the pen with her on this day. The order was for 82 birds dressed. At the time, it seemed like an enormous number. But now, looking back, Kathy understood that this was really a very small order for their farm. The old man had obviously been giving her a a light workload for her first time. Kathy snatched up a chicken off the ground, grabbing it low on the neck, and she pinned it as flat as she could to the top of that stump, although it was wiggling like hell. She pushed down firmly where the neck met the body, quickly swung the hatchet, and connected right in the sweet spot where the skull meets the neck. And the chicken's head just popped right off. Hold it low, cut it high. It was a mantra she'd heard a hundred thousand million times. She changed up her stance, settling into it, flipped the bird around, quickly chopped off both feet with one stroke. It was true that a chicken with its head cut off would run around for a while. That did happen. It was much more likely that the chicken would just fall on its side and scratch around in the dirt for a while. There was nothing magical about it, nothing interesting. It was just dead chickens and muscle memory. She turned and tossed that first bloody wriggling bird onto the wooden planks right in front of her dad. The first bird was his to pluck. And then she turned and went back to work. Hold it low, cut it high. She snatched up another bird, held it down, took it apart, head, then feet. Over and over. Ad nauseum. Emphasis on the nausea. Grab it tight, hold it firm, head first, then feet. Turn and throw. Grab it tight, hold it firm, head first, then feet. Repeat. 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 She quickly lost count of how many heads she took. The bird population started to thin out around her, and she saw that her hands were soaked over red, and the dirt around the base of the stump was frothy. With a raspy voice, she asked her father, How many, sir? Her father came out from around the table, bringing her a cold water and clapped her shoulder. He was, he was beaming with pride. That's 76. You're almost done. Her brothers collected up the rest of the scurrying chickens and brought them over to Kathy one at a time. And she continued her distasteful work, knowing that what happened next was even worse. And then she was done, which meant it was time for the harvest of soft necks. This was an annual tradition that her father enforced, a a giving back to the earth for another year of prosperity on the farm. Twelve little, helpless baby chicks were selected, not to be slaughtered for food, just to be slaughtered. It seemed so pointless, so wasteful to Kathy. She'd been 
11 at the time. That day, and the horror of it all, is part of what had pushed her to here, had pushed her to now, had pushed her to become the woman she always wanted to be. When they announced her name from the podium, Kathy gasped. There wasn't a spotlight there, but the way every eye in the room turned to her, it felt brighter than any spotlight. She walked up to the podium in a daze, giving half hugs along the way to the other nominees. She picked up her trophy, and it was a perfect moment. Her perfect moment. And now her mind was a million miles away from the harvest of soft necks. But it wouldn't be for very much longer. Kathy Wynn was as happy as she'd ever been. Standing there at the podium, looking out at all her peers and her friends, some strangers, several of her students, they were all standing. They were all clapping for her. For her! It was almost too much to take in, and she swooned, grabbed onto that podium to make sure she didn't fall over from the sheer delight of it all. Her father had always told her that hard work and sacrifice were the keys to success, and he was right. He was so right. She saw that now. All the late nights, the early mornings, the after-hours tutoring, the paying from her own pocket for classroom supplies... She'd never minded doing it. In fact, she'd always tried to embrace it. She felt that teaching shouldn't be a burden. It was a privilege. Enriching these kids' lives was a mitzvah, a blessing, daily. And now, her love, her enthusiasm, was being rewarded in kind. She stumbled through a short speech, mostly thanking her kids and the other teachers, trying hard not to talk about herself too much. But as the clapping stopped, she realized her thoughts were still with her father. And so she started to speak from the heart. She told them, I was not supposed to be here. This was not the life I was supposed to have. But it was the life that I wanted, and I made it happen. Your past, it's your past. Where you come from is out of your hands. But what we need to do is teach all our kids that the past can only define you if you let it. Never settle for being what you're supposed to be. Follow your dreams and be the person you want to be. Thank you. You know she got a standing O for that, 
There was another hour or so of desserts, coffee, and hearty congratulations all around. Finally, the awards banquet venue started flickering the lights on and off, and the crowd started to disperse. A few of the other teachers invited Kathy to go out with them for drinks, and she considered it, but had to beg off. This was admittedly tough for her to do because she knew Mr. Raymer from Lincoln Middle was going, and they'd been engaged in this low-key flirting via text for quite some time now. But cooler heads prevailed. There had been so much excitement already tonight. She was feeling so emotional. She didn't want to put herself in a position to have a few drinks and make a bad decision. That is not what a teacher of the year would do. So she drove home with this huge, uncontrollable, joker-like smile on her face. Around everyone else at the banquet, she tried to be humble. She stayed self-deprecating. But now that she was alone, that grin was ear to ear. She put the Teacher of the Year trophy in the passenger seat of her Prius and buckled it in. She even toyed with the idea of going into a drive-thru to get a milkshake just so that she would be seen with the trophy. Cooler heads prevailed there as well. It had been a long and exhausting day, and now it was time to go home. She lived on the outskirts of town, the last house on a long and quiet suburban street. Mr. Fernandez was out walking his dogs. She waved to him as she drove past and shouted out good night as she got out of her car and walked up to the door. She really wanted him to ask about the trophy, but uh, he was looking at his phone, didn't even seem to notice it. After he had walked away, she unlocked the door and entered her darkened house. They all stared at her, the angels with bloody faces, a dozen pairs of wide-open eyes peering out of the shadows. Kathy flipped on the light and blew kisses to her special children. The ones locked in the chicken wire mesh cages stacked in the corners of the room. None of them moved. They couldn't because their little hands and feet had all been bound with wire to the bottoms of the cages. None of them spoke. They couldn't because of how badly the debeaking process went. Using the hot blade was surely a lot different on a child than it was on a chicken. The results had been so upsetting to look at that Kathy had put little blue surgical masks over their little ruined mouths. Do you know what time it is, my sweet ones? She pulled the cover off of her coffee table to reveal that it was that very same old cut-down piece of stump from the farm, worn smooth along the edges, stained a dull pink from so many years of use. Last year had been her first time as an adult. It had been so hard to hold the wriggling children down and do what needed to be done. It had been 
every bit as traumatic for her as that first harvest when she was a child. But look, look what had happened since then. Look how fortune had smiled upon her over the last year. She literally had everything she ever wanted. What choice was there but to continue this grand but horrible tradition? As much as she loved children, Kathy knew that these were the ones who didn't stand a chance anyway. Just like she learned to do with the baby chicks every year as a kid, she did with the children. She picked out the weakest and the most sickly ones. Despite their infirmities and deficiencies, these poor, sad, damaged children could still help the others. Through the harvest of soft necks, Kathy would be able to continue to help so many other children. A good harvest meant a good year. Like her father always said, the keys to success were hard work and sacrifice. She opened the first cage and repeated that familiar mantra. Grab it tight, hold it firm, head first, then feet. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Thank you for listening to another enlightening episode of A Scary Home Companion. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Subscribe to the show via Buzzsprout, iTunes, or click that little heart on Spotify. I welcome all kinds of feedback, even the really ugly kind. Send that to a scary home companion at gmail.com under the same name on Facebook or find me under the handle Nateflix on Twitter. Music for this episode was provided by Chelsea Oxendine with the theme song as well as the tunes It's Alive and Invasion. And the band Filmy Ghost provided the song Ceremonial Sacrifice. The episode was edited and produced by Jeff Davidson, who also brought the chickens. More than anything, this episode was made possible by the Teachers of America, who taught me foreshadowing, wordplay, subtlety, and the importance of subversion. Cheers. <laughs>